going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy family. D. Bendy here, joined by the Doc, Little Cheesecake, and Marty Party. And I've got one simple question for you guys. Did any of you in any of your leagues start Johnny Brito tonight? No, thank God. No. Well, what, why? What happened? That good, huh? <laughs> Six earned runs in less than an inning. He got absolutely destroyed. He picked up Edward Julian, who we'll talk about on the show tonight. He hit his first Major League homer. And so much great stuff just like that coming in tonight's show. Uh, you know how we do. We're going to get into all our segments in just a second. Boys, anything new in the world of Doc, Cheesecake, or Marty Party that the audience needs to know? Hmm. Nothing. I have, you guys uh, are I have an injured finger, and I can't bend it, so I flip off everybody now. That's How did you do that from basketball? No, I tripped on the sidewalk. <laughs> what? I tripped on the sidewalk, fell over, my finger bent sideways. And so now it doesn't bend at all, but it's straight. But I, but whenever I'm walking down the street, I make sure I have my hand like, like a, a, a full hands because if I make a fist, I'm flipping everybody off. <laughs> this is the highlight of cheesecakes world. That, that, is, that is a problem. That is a definition of like first world problems. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Well, hopefully uh, Cheesecake doesn't show his his hand on camera. <laughs> so he's flicking everybody off tonight. Uh, there we go. There's a screen grab for you guys right there. Uh, let's get things started. You know how we do. We'll go into our rundown, starting out with our W-O-W players of the week. And our first guy here, I someone I keep wishing I bet on every night, and I still never pulled up to the trigger Franchi Cordero of the New York Yankees over his last seven games, hitting 280, 333, 800. He's got four home runs, 11 RBIs, five runs, two walks to seven strikeouts over that time. He's homered in four of his last five games, and he's played seven games so far for the Yankees. He's reached base in all of them. Now, Franchi Cordero is not somebody that's usually been somebody we've had on our rosters consistently. Is this... And anybody can answer this. Is is this him just playing in a better ballpark and it's playing to his strengths? Is this a new Franchi Cordero that we haven't seen before? Does anybody want to pick him up? I picked him up in a couple leagues just to try to ride the end of his hot streak if it's still there. Does anybody think this is actually legit? No. I, you're at the end of the, the tail end of the hot streak, David. Franchi Cordero has struck out in all games but one. The strikeout percentage is 26, which is lower than his 34.5% mm-hmm. for his career. That's a big deal, Doc. That's cutting his K rate 8%. Yeah, 8%, and it's still almost 26%. I I think he's a good source for power. I think he's somebody that you're going to stream. He's having the benefit of hitting in the Yankees lineup right there. Um, four out of his five runs have come from home runs. So he's not getting driven in for the most part if he's not driving himself in. I think he's a streamer. All right, now he's got a 258 expected batting average. He's a 38.9 hard hit percentage, which is actually lower than what it's been over the last few seasons. But he still has an elite max exit velocity, and his exit velocity over 90 miles per hour is the highest it's been since 2020 uh, and actually above the 88 mile per hour exit velocity average for all major leaguers here. 
the uh, there is a lot of interesting things to see if when you look into his profile. He does, he's hitting the ball hard, um, but he he's also looking kind of also just at his spray charts too. He's someone that's just a heavy pull hitter too, a fifty five point six percent pull hitter this year. Keep in mind the average for major leaguers is thirty six point eight. He's really pulling all his his home runs and um, it's very interesting. I, I I still again, I take the stab on it, especially outfielders are are just falling like flies right now. But I don't think you can expect he's going to be like a James Outman for your team if that's fair. Okay, let's go to the next one then. Let's talk about Jared Kelnick. Is he for real? We trashed him last week and we said we've seen this story before. But over his last seven games, he's hidden four fifty eight. 519 OBP, 958 slug. He's got three home runs, five RBIs on the season, only five strikeouts and one stolen base over his last seven games. And he's hit a home run in three straight and six extra base hits over his last six after having only one in his first five games. Jared Kelnick says, hey, I'm here. What's the the thing? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm here. I'm here. That's Jared Kelnick right now. He says he's arrived. Guys, are we buying Jared Kelnick? Because I'm very much confused about if we can actually buy this breakout or not. I still think he's someone, and I'm going to look this up in a second. I still think he's struggling against breaking balls, and that's been his big bugaboo. There, obviously, Jared Kelnick's being picked up on your waiver wires. Do you trust him? I was going to say, I picked him up today in a 10-team league because some of us do, David, play in 10-team leagues, if that's okay with you. Um, but, dude, X-Woba, 98th percentile. XBA, 95th percentile. X-Slug, 99th percentile. The guy's hitting the cover off the ball. Three homers, two stolen bases, 351 average. Playing almost every day. Uh, you have to you have to roll the dice on him at this point in any league. He is, so to reconfirm, he's hitting 167 against breaking pitches. 429 against fastballs and 500 against off-speed. So he is still struggling with breaking balls. I'm really wondering what at what point pitchers are going to start just throwing him heavy breaking balls again because this is a problem. This is what he's shown he hasn't been able to do consistently at the big league level. And if you know people aren't going to uh, to do it, uh, or you know, I think people are going to start throwing him breaking balls heavily after a time, and we're going to see if he adjusts. Can and, we just uh, talk about how those three games were at the Cubs with the wind blowing out? Well, that's, what, that's what Vinny's putting in the chat. Vinny said, no, it's just a good against the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, it's like if somebody did this at Colorado, we wouldn't think twice about it. I don't know. I mean, the, the numbers are good. It's just my still my concern, which has been his bugaboo, has been that, again, he can't hit breaking balls, and he still hasn't. Well, just, I was just referring to his three home runs being at Chicago with the wind blowing. Yeah, and all three were all fastballs too. So, um, I was like, is he getting more patient and more selective at the plate? Like only focusing on fastballs? Obviously that in the long term, that's not a, that's not going to cure, you know, his inability to hit curveballs. But if he's, you know, getting a better eye overall as a professional hitter, we should see an increase, you know, in most of the, I mean, most of the stats. 59 percentile and walk rate doesn't obviously talk about, um, but overall, just eyes at the plate. Just uh, if we're talking about just his like zone swing to you know zone percentages, zone swing right now sixty four percent, zone contact eighty one point eight percent. Again, it doesn't really say if it's on breaking pitches versus fastballs. I'd have to look. I think Fangraphs might have something I can look in on that. Um, but we'll have the interns do it. Yeah, and that's something I have to dig in with. Uh, we have to, or the interns check that out. 
But I don't know. Let's go to our next player here. Let's talk about Edward Julian, who I just mentioned at the top of the show, just hit his first major league home run, did a walk in his first game. Obviously, not a lot of stats right now, but two straight starts at second base, and he was leading off for the Minnesota Twins tonight. Like I I'd said earlier, he has already homered, and I believe looking into the box score right now, he actually has two hits. He's two for three with two runs, a homer, and an RBI, hitting 400 and being the, the the Twins fan on this show, he was the Luis Arise replacement, which is why I think the Twins were okay moving on from him. He's an OBP machine. He had like a four, near a 450 OBP last year. This guy just gets on base consistently. Um, he just takes and takes and takes. He's, he's the prototypical leadoff hitter. And uh, when we talk about, I think we, we overuse the Stephen Kwan analogy where he's like great contact. This guy's just got an amazing eye at the plate. I would love to see what his like, uh, just his out his um Z contact and like um the uh, swinging outside the zone numbers are going to be at the end of the season because his eye is just unreal. So he's the reason that they let Luis Arise go. He's going to be a great leadoff hitter, and in any points league, he's not going to strike out a lot either. And I was really annoyed that in our home league, I got I missed picking him up because I was late to get to the waiver wire. Uh, but he's going to be a points league stud. You'll have to tell me off camera who picked him up. Yeah. Work's been busy. Oh, did you um, pick him up? No, I didn't. Oh, it was, it was uh Prez. Prez picked him up. Um, was, can uh, we talk about how Pablo Lopez and for Luis Arise is a deal that seems to work out for both teams. Great so far. Yeah. Pablo has been looking. And David hated that trade when it happened. I did, but he's been tinkering a lot and he's throwing the sweeper and he's got uh, extra velocity right now on his fastball. So a lot of things that didn't show at the time of the trade, Vinny comps him to Ozzy Albies. That's a really good comp. I didn't, but I wanted to ask you for Julian, are you afraid of playing time once Jorge Polanco comes back? Because he's on a re he's, you know, doing his rehab assignment now. And I know Julian has just struggled from a defensive standpoint. Um, I don't know. There's not really any room DH because Buxton needs to live there so he doesn't break. What do you think? So that's a very good question. And like you said, Edward Julian right now is his defense is awful. They put him at second base because that's like you can't play defense and you're not hitting, you know, 30 home runs. We're going to stick you at second. Uh, But the thing is here, Donovan Solano right now is playing first base for the Twins. (laughs) So I could see them putting him at first. And then having Polanco go to second. Um, right now, also, Kirilov is on a rehab assignment. Uh, so Kirilov could eventually go there too. It's one of those things, like obviously, maybe playing time's a little questionable, but all he needs is an injury, which with Buxton, it's mm-hmm. very easy for that to happen. And again, if Kirilov. he continues to produce, Kirilov, obviously, if he continues to produce, they're going to find a way to get him in the lineup too. Uh, Correa has not been a, a shine, you know, a sign of health either. There's definitely so many different ways he could get in the lineup. So I'm not too concerned long-term with that. All right. Good question, though. Next one, our last hitter we'll talk about. Actually, they got lost in the slide. So while I pull the next, the last hitter up, let's talk about Taj Bradley, who our, our guy, uh, Uncle Ted Talks, put in the chat prior to the show, pick up Taj Bradley ASAP. First start, five innings, five hits, three earned runs, and eight strikeouts to one walk. Went heavy, fastball, and cutter. Those are his two best pitches. Struck out 
seven Red Sox, I believe in the first three innings, it was something ridiculous like that. He was just putting on a show and he is, was him, Kyle Harrison and Andrew Painter were my three favorite pitching prospects. And he just, I think he gets buried a little bit with talking about some of the other big names, but Taj Bradley is for real, um, had, I believe seven whiffs on his or nine whiffs on his 78 pitches in his debut. Um, had a 35% CSW percentage, which was really, really good. 30% is about average. So I, I'm really excited for Taj Bradley. Um, and we just saw, unfortunately, especially some people that bet on Jeffrey Springs today. Jeffrey Springs went down with an injury left after three innings. So that opens up again, another spot for him to continue to stay up with the Rays. If he's out there on your waiver wire in anything, 12 or 15 teams, you got to pick him up immediately just for the upside he can give you. It's a shame it took Jeffrey Springs getting hurt for them to hopefully bring him back. Jeffrey Springs is going to win Cy Young the way he's pitching, honestly, right now. He's yeah. going to be the AL Cy Young. Um, it was really encouraging Bradley going five as well because mm-hmm. I was concerned that they might do like a three or four inning start for him. Uh, what was what was his pitch count in that five? I'm sorry if you already said I think it was 78. I, I will double check it. I, it was in the 70s. I want to say it, yeah, it was 78. So that's pretty efficient. He was he was pretty efficient in his. So he if if they're going to be they're going to probably try to build him up. But if he's at eighty now, sixteen pitches per inning for five innings, that's that's pretty efficient. So he might not he might be on like a pitch count like that, and that might be one of the only downsides I see because I I thought he was good. Seventy eight pitches, nine whiffs, forty two fastballs, and twenty three cutters. So all but thirteen of his pitches were fastball cutters, and he topped that at ninety eight miles per hour. So healthy velocity. Uh, I love the kid. He's going to be great. Let's talk about Bryce Elder. Uh, musical chairs with the Atlanta Braves' fifth starter, which is what it seems. We talked about Jared Schuster at times, and we've talked about you know Ian Anderson, who's unfortunately getting Tommy John surgery. Mike Soroka's still out there. But Bryce Elder, last start, 6.1 innings, six hits, no runs allowed, one walk to seven strikeouts. He's actually had two shutouts in a row and shutouts being that he hasn't given up a run in his 13.1 innings over his last two starts, but did have 14 swing strikes in his last start with seven coming from his slider. Cheesecake, are we buying into Bryce Elder? Because I, I, this fifth Atlanta starter is tricky. We know that the offense behind them is legit. Uh, we just need them to be somewhat consistent. Is, is that Bryce Elder's role here? I, I mean, I ride him until the wheels fall off. For sure, I, I I thought he was a good pickup because he has two two starts this week, I think, and mm-hmm. so I definitely was was trying. I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, I was outbid on him for all over, uh, but I thought that uh, you know the line the 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 starts lined up really nice for him to to pitch well. Um, I know Freed is hopefully coming back soon. Soroka, you know, they keep saying he's coming back this season, but I don't know exactly when. So, you know, that spot's open until I think Soroka's healthy. So I, and, and Dodd and, um, and Schuster did not look, look great. Mm-mm-mm. So it's, it's his to keep. Yeah. I think it really is. Uh, Bryce Elder, definitely worth the speculative ad. The, the last hitter we just, we didn't get to actually before that, um, back to Taj Bradley, uh, our buddy Vinny comments and says that he thinks that springs out watch for Luis Patino and Colby white uh, to potentially take a spot in that rotation. Those could be two guys that might make next show if they get called up and produce in their first start. So keep an eye on 
Luis Patino and Colby White, and our buddy Albert checking in. Good evening to you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out on the stream with us. The last thing I'll say about Bradley, it's the Rays. So you you have no idea what they're going to do. They don't they don't have any Very problem true. randomly sending somebody down. So just they also have trouble staying healthy. Yeah, I mean Eflin and Jeffrey Springs. They haven't said anything about Jeffrey Springs. Tyler yet, Glass now. Tyler Glass now. They they haven't said anything about Springs and his uh, what they think it could be. I, I saw forearm, and that's all I saw. Oh, the the medical term. They, I mean, this is most definitely an IL stint, but the mm. medical term is left ulnar. Hold on, one second. While you're doing that, Cole Irvin. Left ulnar neuritis. Left ulnar neuritis doesn't sound good. Cole Irvin just got Inflammation in the ulnar nerve of his pitching arm, which can lead to numbness or tingling. Mm. Doesn't sound good. Is anybody shocked that Cole Urban was optioned just now? <laughs> yes, I actually am. After they brought him in, I mean, Cole Urban is Cole Urban. <laughs> what did they I think? Mean, I mean, I thought he could have been a fifth starter for the Orioles. Kyle Gibson's going to be Kyle Gibson too. It's just he's taking a little bit longer. But yeah, but how many how many pitchers do those have? Not a lot. They need pitching to come through uh, right now. DL Hall hasn't been pitching for them. They need him to to be an actual starter for them. Grayson Rodriguez has been shaky. The Orioles offense is so good. I just wish they had some some pitching. Uh, let's talk about the Astros. Let's talk about Chaz McCormick. Last seven games, hitting 300, a 344, OBP 600, slug. Two homers, eight RBIs, six runs, two walks to 11 strikeouts, and a steal. He's had five hits over his last 18 at-bats, and he's batted leadoff in four straight games. Uh, for this Houston Astros lineup that has a ton of great bats, which is very useful if you're, again, runs, good counting stats, six runs. That's a, that's a lot in a week. Um, so I'm going to ask you to open. Is Chaz McCormick somebody that you would pick up? Obviously, outfield eligible here. I think he's someone you have to pick up, especially of all the ones we've talked about here. He's someone I feel really safe at the top of this Astros lineup. I think he is what he is. I don't think he's he's not going to be somebody that's going to win you a week, but he's somebody that you can plug in as your fifth outfielder and that look back. Yeah, every five outfielder league, I think he's a he's a must add. Yeah, I'm torn because he thinks I'm funny, but won't acknowledge me on Twitter for making him laugh. Who? Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick. When did this happen? Uh, when I when I uh, brought my uh, hey Alex Bregman, I'm Jewish. Happy early Rosh Hashanah. And I held it up and he laughed. And then I tweeted him and said, hey, I'm the guy that held this sign. Will you come on our podcast? And he ignored me. And he has like 5,000 followers. So he saw it. Are you sure he's on? He's active on Twitter? Yeah, it was right after he tweeted. You never know if he saw it. Should you, I pick you, him up or no? Yes, you should pick him okay. up. Ignore your, 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 uh, your bias, your negative bias about him and pick him up. Our buddy Brian checking in. Brian K. Okay, Rodman. What's up, Brian? Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, so that's all the hitters. There's a couple other pitchers I wanted to get to before we come out. The guy that I think I want to spend the most time talking about here is Chris Bubich. Last year, we referred to him as Chris Pubic Hair because he was dreadful last year. Uh, but his last start, six innings, three hits, no runs allowed, one walk to eight strikeouts. He had 19 whiffs on just 76 pitches in his last start and a 164 ERA in two starts. He looks like he's a legit new pitcher. Um, and I want to bring up something. So, uh, hopefully I can pull it up in the next 10 seconds here really quickly, but 
Chris Bubich and um and his his name's been getting uh flown around here. Uh credit uh Lance Brozdowski, who formerly did some work with Driveline Baseball, and he's been putting out like these like notes on Twitter. Uh, and I know CBS also gave him credit for putting this out as well. Uh, but he also has he's got a lower release height and improved velocity, and all of his stuff is basically playing up. So the fact that he's coming lower, everything's kind of coming more up to the strike zone. Vertical approach angle, basically, uh, his fastball is taking a different path to the plate, and it seems like that just everything is now coming together with the way that he's coming to the plate in a different way now. Um, there's a lot more detailed breakdown on Lance's Twitter profile that you can check out, so I'll make sure I plug that. But basically, there's between arm angles, between release points, um, he's basically pinpointing everything that's very different about how he's approaching things here. And the numbers through two starts definitely look very legit. Now, he is playing the Atlanta Braves, I believe, on Saturday. Um, so that will be a huge test to see. if this. I think if he has a good start there, um, he's even a must-add in even 10-team leagues at that point. But 12-team leagues, 15-team leagues, he's a must-add. Uh, does anybody, were you guys, when you saw this start, were you speculating or putting waiver claims on him or trying to add him in any waiver wire leagues? Was he somebody you were actively trying to get? As of right now, no. I was driving at, and I was at a red light. And once I got to the red light, I quickly pulled up my phone to check if Chris Bubich was a free agent in all my leagues. And I picked him up in three of them. Uh, I do think this is legit for Chris Boop. I mean, I get take Lance's work. Obviously, that very detailed description of things is has me excited. But he just looks the part too. Like the fact that he had that many whiffs, uh, 19 whiffs on 76 pitches, 19 whiffs in a hundred pitch start is really good. 19 and 76 pitches. That's insane. What, what I'm most impressed with is last year, his walk rate was 10.7. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's 2.3. There's something not- going you, you can't maintain that. So I expect there's some regression there, but his K rates up to 30.2, which is, I mean, last year was 18.7. So yeah, everything points to like, he's doing something completely different. You look at his arsenal. He's actually decreased his four seam usage, which um, across the league, four seamers are up more and more mm-hmm. pitchers are throwing their four seam at a career high, but he's actually do- uh, put his down a little bit and he's increased his curveball. So yeah, it's been pretty wild, but I don't have him anywhere. So I can't claim. I also worry about him getting wins on the Royals offense. That makes yeah, sense. But again, if, if you're picking guys off the waiver wire at this point, wins are not your priority. You're chasing you're guys. About, you're talking about in fab leagues. Are you prepared to spend a lot on somebody that if you play in a categories league might not suffice? Yeah, but wins are such a hard category to chase because you're pitch, you're picking pitchers on teams that are good. And a lot of the pitchers that are actually good on good teams are already rostered so you have to take a shot on guys that have good stuff that could help you in era and strikeouts and whip um because again like who are you going to find in the free agent pool that's going to get you a lot of wins because they're probably already rostered i mean that's a fair point i just wouldn't spend a crazy amount i'm not as high on him as you are and again i'm not saying chris bubich is going to be the pickup of the year i just think in two starts when you see something that different i mean Keep take Nick Lodolo, for example, right? Like he was somebody that 
every a lot of people were Marty and I talked about in the offseason. All the people talked about him. He's a legit new pitcher this year. And if you if you didn't know who he was, um, he was picked off the waiver wire quick. And you can see tangible changes in what he's doing. Um, this is, I think, one of those guys that kind of fell through the cracks. And he's kind of doing that same thing. When you see these types of changes in somebody's numbers, it's not like, hey, this is completely fluke. Like, you know, uh, his BABIP is insanely high. And, you know, he's not getting a lot of whiffs. He's due for, like, th- this is a completely new guy. Um, that's why I think it's interesting to see what he can do. Uh, give him a cut, even if he, he doesn't do great against Atlanta. Let's see how he does his next like three starts and come back and, and take a look at him. Uh, the last player we'll talk about, Dre Jameson. Last start, four innings, scoreless, four strikeouts, recently moved into the rotation and threw 54 pitches in his first start. Had been kind of like a bulk reliever in the in the bullpen, throwing two, three innings uh, for the, the D backs, was one of their best bullpen arms. Now he's getting bumped into the rotation with the injury to Zach Davies. I, I didn't pick him up um, in a couple leagues because of points leagues, because I, I, I didn't want to waste my start limit on a guy going, uh, you know, three, four innings to start, but I did pick him up in TGFBI and I picked him up, um, in another league is why I can't remember what other league it was, but, um, because I think he, the strikeouts and the ratios will be there for him. And he showed that last season, uh, Dre Jameson, if you see him on your waiver wire, is he somebody that you are trying to pick up LCSE you shaking your head? Yeah, I, I want. I I actually dropped him first waiver period of the season because he wasn't in the rotation, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he was going to get in. So, so there's a little bit of egg on my face for that. It didn't take you long. Forgot about to get his chance. Yeah, I forgot about Trey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I liked him coming into the draft. Season. His his. I, I don't think it's going to take too long. They they were they were testing him out as a starter in the spring. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, could, I should imagine he should be should be uh, stretched out a little bit sooner than we would expect. Yeah. It, um, Dre Jameson, unless like you're in leagues, like I was preferring if, if their start limits to where you won't get the full workload to start. Uh, he's somebody that I think is a very valuable piece to add. And the diamondbacks need starters too. Uh, right now, not looking good on that front. So a it, little preview ahead. He does have a two start week next week. So he might be able to get you those seven, eight innings, but and we'll go over it later, but the uh, the matchups are pretty tough. Mm, all right, I'm anxious to see where he's ranked in your two starters. Is we'll at least something to talk about. My favorite segment. Our most added players over the last week, courtesy of CBS Thursday morning. Bryce Elder taking the top spot, added in 71% of leagues. Brian Anderson, 54% of leagues. Miles Straw, Anthony Disclafani, Orlando Arcia, who another player <laughs> that I picked up recently that's now hit the IL. So he will be out. There's actually like a micro fracture in his wrist. So I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Chris Bubich, Kyle Freeland, and Tyler McGill. Most drop players, we're looking at Jared Schuster, Derek Hall, Austin Meadows, Bruce Gratterall, Clark Schmidt, Carlos Carrasco, Spencer Turnbull, and Ross Stripling. Carlos Carrasco looks like a complete shell of himself. I can't even imagine rostering him in any league at this point. Um, Carlos Carrasco and Spencer Turnbull, Marty. I, I wanted I wanted him to come back. I wanted him to be a uh, a good pitcher. He just looks awful right now, too. He only, he's only had three good months in his entire career, and then he immediately had Tommy John surgery. So coming off Tommy John on arguably the worst team in baseball, um, yeah, he's there's, just let him go. You say this, but as of now, he's only given up one earned in four innings versus the Blue Jays. He could be due. He could be due. <laughs> 
He's turned it around, folks. <laughs> well, I watched before the end of the show give up three home runs. <laughs> uh, Brian says, Vaughn Grissom coming back up. That's a good pickup if you guys are looking uh, to fill a middle infield spot, especially for the Braves. Um, unless you have weekly pickup limits, which some of us get stuck with uh, and can't pick up any more players. Then, um, it's a shame when all those people use them right away. I'll say, wait, David, are you tell the listeners? Are you one of the one of the guys who have uses all five ad drops by Wednesday and stresses the rest of the week? Well, we have seven in our home league, seven, and huh? I had to use them all because Corey Seager went on the IL, so I had to add a player. I picked up Gavin Stone, or I'm no, sorry, not Gavin Stone. Um, uh, uh the Nationals outfielder, uh, Stone Garrett. Stone Garrett. I, I mixed up. I picked up Stone Garrett. Literally after he hits the the home run and like four RBIs has not played since then. He literally had four straight games where he wasn't playing, and I said I can't even have him on my roster. Interesting. Then I so I had to use one on him. Then I had to use uh, another one picking up Chris Bubich. Then I used he had to he had, had to. to Chris Bubich is out there. Why would I not pick him up? That's that's like literally a crime to leave him on the waiver wire. Uh, I, I won't go through all seven, but I would they, I'd say five of the seven were legit because of injuries. Like my whole team is freaking toasted right now. I just wish I could pull. Oh, oh, Andres Munoz. Andres Munoz went to the IL, so I had to pick up another relief pitcher to replace Andres Munoz. So that was another IL transaction I had to make. I just want to pull up the clip a couple of years ago, and I don't know if there's a clip out there, but David venting to me about how people in our league would just do unlimited transactions and it wasn't fair. Yeah, but it, like again, five of my seven were legit because of IL stuff. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I hope your team gets hit with IL so that you can go through. It already game. did with Justin Verlander. It's all downhill since. I literally have, well, I don't ever carry a catcher. I, like Catchers are a waste in that league. But I don't have a second baseman because I had to drop Orlando Arcia and I can't pick up somebody else. So, like, I have no second baseman. And then my last outfielder is Lars Newbar, who's still on the IL because I legit can't pick up uh, because I have like five players on the IL that I can't drop. In the so time I codes, I'm going to put David. I'm going to put David complains about his home league team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was feeling it, man. I like. If I lose this week, I'll be actually annoyed. I will say I, this though, with with pickup strategy, um, because a lot of when you tweeted David earlier uh, this week, you know what are listeners looking for, and yeah. a lot of focused on strategy. So when I have let's say five ad drops, especially early in the league, I keep that last one no matter what mm-hmm. over till Saturday and Sunday because something crazy happens. And over the years, so many times I've used all my ad drops and I couldn't pick up that guy who was just called up, or someone gets hurt on Saturday night or whatever it is. So. Um, boys and girls, keep one. Don't be like David. Keep one ad drop always ready. That is a very good tip, Marty. I, I held it for two days and I just couldn't use it anymore. But that is a very good tip. Save it until Sunday. You use six in the first two. I had to, man. I had to. Um, but that is a good tip, especially if like a pitcher gets scratched and you need to find a spot starter. Like that would be good to save for Sunday. So that take Marty's advice there. The last thing, and then you guys will stop hearing my voice for a little bit. The team schedules for next week. The thing to note if you're listening on the podcast feed and you can't see the screen, the Orioles and Nationals both play five games next week. So if you have any Orioles or Nationals, they will be playing one or two less games than every other team. All the other teams play six or seven. Uh, But now 
Let's go and let's head over, take our trip to the doctor's office. No, we're, we're doing we're doing panic at the front office first. Panic at the front office. Okay. So we're gonna rotate my segments. And last week we did best bets, but this week, and if you're looking at the graphic, it's panic at the disco with Alec Manoa's face on it. So we're gonna talk about some hitters and pitchers two weeks in. And on a one to ten scale, I want to know how much are you panicking about them? So the first is going to be Mr. Alec Manoa. So looking into his stats to begin the season, he's 1-0, but he has a 4.91 ERA and a 1.7 whip. And he faced the Tigers one out of his two outings and walked five. Now, I know a lot of people in the industry painted Alec Manoa to have some regression this year. I don't think any of us expected this bad. Mm-hmm. So, David, I'm going to start with you on a 1-10 to 10 scale. How panicked are you about Alec Manoa? Can't be too panicked about a player you don't roster, right? But, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, to give the, <laughs> the actual answer, I would say I'm about a five. And the reason being, like you mentioned, we kind of saw the regression that was going to happen before this even even started. We saw the fact that you know, whether it was the the velocity decreases, we saw that, you know, the batted ball luck, we, there was a lot of things that we could see in his profile had the regression coming. Now, is he a serviceable pitcher? For sure. He's not like a, a streamer. He's a, a serviceable number three or four starter for your team. If you're expecting, what was he, third in the American League Cy Young last year behind, um, behind Dylan Cease and, uh, or just overall Cy Young, it was... Or yeah, the American League Cy Young. It was uh, Cease. I can't remember who who won it last year for the American League. Verlander. Verlander. Thank you, Verlander. Cease, and I think he was number three. If you're expecting that, Alec Manoa, no, he's not. He's not that guy. Um, temper your expectations. Put him, mark him in as your four starter. That three or four starter that's going to have some decent games and then some games that are not so great. Um, I, I would definitely just temper your expectations for him. Okay, Marty. His um, right now, his stat cast page is as blue as the Blue Jays jersey. So that's Ooh, rough like to that. see. Steamer projections. Shout out to Steamer. They've been saying for years he's going to be terrible, and maybe they're finally <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I mean, yeah, everything looks pretty bad now. He's not a four point. He's not a five ERA guy, but he is closer, I think, to a four ERA guy. And I love mm-hmm. Misa Malik Manoa, but I think he'll finish somewhere around three point eight ERA, and the strikeouts will be somewhere somewhere around his innings pitched. Um, but he'll get decreases. He's not walking. I mean, right now he's walking. What is this? His uh, walk percentage is equal to his K percentage. They're both 15.9. So that's not going to last. There's no mm-hmm. way. Or he, he won't be a professional pitcher too much longer. So <laughs> I, um, I'm worried if he's your ace. But if you did things correctly and he's like your third pitcher, like David said, you're, you're, you'll be okay. Okay. Art? Um, I think I'm at a four. Uh, he's he had he had one really good start and his last start he was pitching well until uh like i think the fourth or fifth inning where he gave up those runs um you know you you, you took him where you took him like if you if you took him you, you were taking, taking him in the 60s or 70s because you believed in him and i believed in him you know a few months ago we were all loving the bulldog he's the, the he's got that dog in him Alec Manoa mm-hmm. and um if he's not injured and the walks, you know, that, that could be a sign that he's not a hundred percent, 
you know, you never know. He's not injured. I, I have, I trust he's going to figure it out to be successful this year. Okay. I can give a number. My number will be three and that's be, and no, I'll say four because his XERA is 7.98 right now. So I'm going to give him a four. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm kind of with you guys on there. Before you get to your next one, Brian says, question your earliest convenience in a homely 12 team Roto mixer with pod Horser and your beast Torres takes. Oh, we got to help because Torres in this league lost Duval. Do you guys prefer De La Cruz, Kerry Carpenter, Corey Jolks, Joe Adell, or physical challenge? Is that a joke for a player that I'm trying to think of? I have to enlighten us on who that is. Um, the physical challenge that was from Double Dare Double show. Dare. Do you remember the D- Double Dare show? I don't remember Double Dare. What about Double Dare 2000? Oh, like on Nickelodeon? Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually do know I that. that. On Nickelodeon, yeah. So double. So who's Double Dare? Who's someone like two Ds? Um, if we figure this out, we're very creative or we're very smart. Uh, David Jesus. <laughs> that's a throwback. I would have said David Nombrowski, but that's go. not the same thing. Um, but to answer his question, Kerry Carpenter. Del Don. The... He has an ex-Woba <laughs> in the 93rd percentile. Kerry Carpenter's barrel percentage is in, the, is in the 99th percentile. So he's striking out a ton, but he's walking at a good clip. He's making, um, you know, he has good power. Um, and the, the Tigers have no reason not to play him. I like uh, De La Cruz personally, but he was also someone I was really in on in the offseason. Um, Marlins, he's gonna, I mean, the Marlins need hitting. He hits the ball as hard as anybody on that team. Um, they also, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, they can move him around multiple outfield positions. I don't think he plays just left, but, um, I, I De La Cruz definitely be the one I like the most from I'm this. Go with Corey Jolks plays on the best offense out of all of them. Just had his first homer of the season yesterday, batting 294. You know, I mean, that Astros lineup is is old. Like, if people, if, you know, Jose Abreu or Bregman need a, ma- a maintenance day off, I mean, he's one injury away from being an everyday player if he's not already. Art, are you going to pick Joe Adele? <laughs> I'm not giving no, I'm not picking Joe Adele. Um, I, I feel bad for Kerry Carpenter's home run getting robbed by uh, by Kevin Kiermeyer the other night. That was a heck of a catch by no Kiermeyer. I like Kerry Carpenter, but I think I would lean slightly towards De La Cruz in this. Okay, so De La Cruz is going to be the triple play vote here uh, for that, but all all decent options there. Go ahead, Eric. Who's the next panic at the front office? Panic at the front office. Staying with the pitchers here, Logan Webb, who had twelve strikeouts his first outing, a career high, a tough loss against the Yankees, but he's lost his next two outings. He's zero and three on the season, a six point three five ERA. With a 1.29 whip. Now, David, you weren't in on Mr. Spider-Man before the season. I'm going to start with you again. Panic level 1 through 10. What are you giving him? A 4. I don't think he's a 4-7-6 ERA pitcher. Has 22 strikeouts in 17 innings. His expected ERA is about 403. Um, so I, I again, like I, I don't think he is a 4-7-6 ERA bad. And I think he's, if I have to look at his matchups, but I'm pretty sure he's played tough teams in at least two of them. So I, I you look at things like barrel percentage is 11.1%. I don't see that staying that way. His basically his entire career has been in the fives to have it jump more than twice. That much is insane. Uh, barrels per plate appearance is up at 7.1. Again, half of that. 
Uh, it just seems like he's just hitting a string of bad luck right now, and his numbers should settle down. The strikeouts hopefully will stay where they're at because his K rate this year is at 31.4%, which is really, really good, especially last year was only 20.7%. So I'm about a four with him. I do think that uh, if you could buy low, he's a 100% perfect buy low candidate that you shouldn't have to give too much for. Marty? 0.00%. To David's point, played the Yankees, played the White Sox, played the Dodgers. He's striking out everybody. He's not walking people. Two things he can control. Just hit a little string of bad luck. He'll be okay. All right. And cheesecake. He's given up a lot of home runs. Um, yeah, don't agree with them. At least, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go a little bit higher, but I do like the K's. But the the home runs when you that that's going to be tough this year if you if you're bad on the home runs. There's, there's a lot more flying out this year, so I'm going to go. I'll go five. Okay, okay, a little bit of mix from there, and then the last one. And David, I got to stick with you. It's your it's your uh, man crush Monday. Bobby Witt Jr. Now he does have multi-hit at games in his last two. Went three for five yesterday, two for five the game before that. But that brings his average up to the season for 229, his two homers and six RBIs. But I bring it up because the Royals are struggling offensively. Nobody on that team is particularly hitting for very well average. I think everybody is below 250. And you've spent an early round pick on Bobby Witt if you played in a uh, Roto League. So on a zero to 10 scale, how panicked are you about Bobby Witt? One. If I read you the line that somebody in the first 52 plate appearances has given you two home runs, six runs, six RBIs, and five steals, for everything else, how would you feel? Uh, I'd feel okay, but not if I took a late first rounder on him. But again, this is him at his worst, arguably. Uh, that the fact that he has five stolen bases, six runs. And six RBIs on an offense that's been dreadful. He's also given you, like, in two home runs. The exit velocity is still really good. Uh, walk rate's actually up from last year. Strikeout rate is down 17.3% so far this season. Launch angle's up, so he is barrel or he is getting the ball up in the air a little bit more. So, again, he's hitting the ball hard. He seems like he's a better eye at the plate. 229 batting average right now. Uh, but a 248 expected batting average. We already knew going in, Bobby Witt is not a 300 hitter. Bobby Witt is probably like a 240 to 260 hitter, but he's going to give you 20 plus home runs and he's going to give you 30 plus steals. And that is, I think, pretty much what his floor is. So again, I still think he's worth an end of the first round pick and the batting average will go up some, but he's still going to give you a ton of steals and he's going to give you home runs. Don't count for RBIs too much because he hits at the top of the order, but he will give you runs, home runs, stolen bases uh and a acceptable-ish batting average okay marty are you sharing that same sentiment uh i give him i give him a three or four because where you drafted him you need him to be top notch especially in a 15 team league he has adjusted his launch angle it was 16.8 now it's up to 20.9 so i think there's a little bit of an adjustment period you know, just in that and changing the swing a little bit. XBA is still 248 though. So um he'll he'll come he'll come around. It's okay. It's a long in six months we'll still be in this season. So I think he's gonna be fine. Okay. Cheesecake. The one thing I know about him is he's the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. <laughs> so if anybody can lead the Royals to a Super Bowl, it's Bobby Witt. But um but I my level of concern in his baseball skills 
uh, are, are pretty low. I'm at a, like a one or two. Yeah. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. And, you know, doing this, it's, it's obviously everybody has different, different panic levels from, you know, zero to four or five, like we've talked about. And, you know, if you find someone that might be on the higher end of your league, this could be a good buy low opportunity. So, you know, gauge what's out there. Obviously mm-hmm. it's a long season, but not everybody feels that way. So. Yeah. Um, I see Bobby Witt, uh, sprint speeds in the 100th percentile. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him versus Corbin Carroll in like a 40 yard dash. How Those are the two people that. I picked to lead the league in stolen bases this year. S3 Ruiz, throw him in that conversation. I wish they would do yeah. some cool stuff like that. And that's our panic at the front office for this week. I was hoping you'd karaoke some panic at the disco to end it out, but it's okay. Before we get to the doctor's office, I want to get to Marty party and I want to get to doc's favorite segment. Cause we are getting closer to that hour mark and I want to, uh, to give doc some joy. So Marty party, why don't you go ahead and, and t- take us through your two start pitchers? All righty. Let me, uh, let me pull up that little, can you pull up that slide for me, David, the no doubters. I'm going to start there as we often do there. Hi Gwen. Hope you're doing well today. It's nice to see you. So, uh, uh, this is for the, let's do the April 17th through the 23rd. So these are the two start pitchers coming up here. The no doubters, um, it's a lot smaller than last week. Last week, there was like mm-hmm. 15 no doubters. That was nice and easy, uh, for this week or for next week, Shohei Otani at Boston versus the Royals, Jacob deGrom at Kansas city versus Oakland, Nick Lodolo. Yes. For the first time, he oh, is a yeah. no doubt pitcher. He has made his way into it. 21 strikeouts and 12 innings. Tampa, best team in baseball right now, um, but not against lefties. So that's good to know. And at Pittsburgh, should be a, a cupcake matchup there. Zach Wheeler, I still believe in the thing called love at the White Sox versus Colorado. Uh, his walk percentage is up 10% from 5.6 last year, but all of the underlying metrics look promising 2.96 ERA. So Zach Wheeler is still a no doubter for me. Going on next to the, these are your should starts. A little bit longer here. So Clayton uh, Kershaw versus the Mets at Chicago. Uh, Dominant Kershaw has not shown up yet. The strikeout percentage is down, and both teams are above average versus lefties, but he still should start. He's, he's doing he's doing pretty well, but he's just not there as a must-start right now. Uh, Kristen, uh, Christian Javier versus Toronto at the Braves. Dustin May versus the Mets at Chicago Cubs. Jesus Lazardo versus... Versus San Francisco at the Cleveland Guardians. Hunter Green versus the Rays at Pittsburgh. Sonny Gray at Boston versus Washington. And Kevin Gaussman usually is a must start for me, but ooh, at Houston at New York. Mm, that's that's tough. uh that, that's that's pretty tough there. So um those are the should starts. Marty, Doc, I'm gonna check in with you. Jesus Lazardo, two and oh, one point nine three RA, one point one three win. He's in the should starts. I I don't have any problem with his I, so I kind of think that's a no doubter, but you know what? I'm I'm nitpicking a little bit right now. I'm just I'm chopping at the bit. You're, you're I know you are. There's still well, two the, more. The Giants are one of the worst teams versus lefties, so I don't have a problem there. Um the Guardians don't strike out, so that's something that that, that kind of, you know, put, put me back a little bit. But like uh, Dustin May, they're both throwing their fastball more so than ever. It's a career high, and it's a really helping there, and he's decreased the soft stuff. So um, how about this? He has another solid week like this. We might be able to boost them up to the Musties next time around. The Musties. Nice. Like the Swifties. The Musties. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell his agent that. There we go. <laughs> All right. Risky business. Tom Cruise sliding across your living room creeping everybody out as he always does. And it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to start with this guy. I love me some Lance Lynn, but damn it. 
He looks brutal um, mm-hmm. so far this year. And uh, this year, uh, this uh, next week, he, Lynn goes against the Phillies. And then he's at Tampa. Two tough matchups. His walks are through the roof. Oh, dude, they are barreling the crap out of the ball against him. 11.4 barrel percentage. So um, the good the good news is he has a career high strikeout rate right now at 28.8. But everything else is pretty tough. Chris Sale, absolutely brutal. I, I, only on reputation alone, I didn't put him as a must sit. Um, versus the Angels at Milwaukee. The strikeouts are there, but everything else is brutal. If you're in a 15-team league, I would roll the dice, but not in a 10 or 12 right now. Uh, Merrill Kelly, good old safe sex Merrill Kelly, mm-hmm. at the Cardinals versus San Diego. He has a 7.01 X ERA, which is compared to his 2.94 ERA, so that's why he's a little risky business. Um, and he finally has worked his way up to six innings. He he was a little bit behind in the World Baseball Classic, if you guys remember. He never pitched more than three, three, four innings, even in that championship game. They had to take him out early. So he's building his way back up. Um, so I, I he's a little risky there. Taj Bradley at Cincy versus the White Sox. And this is actually a shout-out to him. I, I rarely will put, like, a should start or a must start for a pitcher. Um, it, most of the time, a rookie pitcher will, will be in the take-a-seat category. But we've already went kind of what he did for his MLB uh, debut Five innings pitch, five hits, three earned runs, one walk in the money maker, eight Ks. So mm-hmm. we already talked about the the pitch count. So, but if he has two uh, two um, matchups, I like that. And Marcus Stroman at Oakland versus the Dodgers, he's walking on thin ice. He's he's uh, walking eleven percent of batters faced. So he has a one point zero zero ERA right now. That is not happening. Uh, so the regression is current. The regression is coming. But I love versus Oakland and the Dodgers. I mean, that's going to be that that that's what makes it risky there. Doc, I just think it was funny with Taj Bradley that you said I rarely put uh, rookies in no doubts or should starts or usually in take a seats. And you didn't identify the segment that he's actually in. No, I didn't know, but this is the risky business segment. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a shout out to him that he's. I I actually think Merrill Kelly should be in the take a seat. I don't. I mean, I, I can't have a problem with that. He is a 7.01 XCR. But, but Marty, there isn't. There hasn't been that one. That you know, it was kind of Bryce Elder a little bit last week, but there hasn't been that one that I just strongly disagree with. Well, we have a lot of take a seat, so you know, t- take a seat and, and listen to these. I'm gonna go down here quick. Kyle, Kyle Freeland has been good. That's kind Let of interesting. Get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm anxious. <laughs> uh, literally, um, Kyle Freeland first Pittsburgh at Philly. Here are my notes. He's been great so far, but he's Kyle Freeland and he plays at Coors. He takes on the Phillies. I think in a 15-team league, if you have to, that's perfectly fine. 10-12 team leagues, I would stay away. Um, Jack Flaherty, the luckiest guy in baseball right now. He's not striking out anybody. He has a 21.5 walk percentage, which is absolutely insane. I just, I can't back him. I can't back starting him. Um, Versus Arizona at the Mariners. Alex Wood at Miami versus the Mets. Corey Kluber versus Minnesota at the Brewers. Tyler Miguel, uh, McGill at the Dodgers, at the Giants. Hayden Wisniewski, your boy Art, my boy as well. He's got to take a seat at Oakland versus the Dodgers. His last uh, time out, he went 1.1 innings and he got pulled. So his whip's 2.83 over six innings. So he just, you can't start him. Uh, Dr. Dre Jameson, first start of the year, he only went four innings. That's the only reason why I'm, I'm having him take a seat. And then the fact he's playing at the Cardinals versus San Diego, tough matchups, but we're all, we'll all be watching that one closely. Uh, David Peterson at the Dodgers at the Giants, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Cleveland at Baltimore. 
Clark Schmidt versus the Angels versus Blue Jays. Bailey Falter at the White Sox versus Colorado. Hunter Gaddis at Detroit versus Miami. Ken Waldachuk versus the Cubs at the Rangers. Chris, no flexing zone. Milwaukee, St. Louis. Chris, how many? I think Flexen gave up nine earned runs his last time out. So, yeah, just never play him ever again. Uh, Jordan Lyles versus Texas at the Angels. Griffin Canning at the Yankees versus Kansas City. Dick Mountain at Colorado versus Cincinnati. Ryan Weathers versus the Braves. Um, who, who's that after that? Jansen <laughs> Junk. Let's see. Ryan Weathers. Jansen Junk. Uh, let's see what? Jansen Junk is the next one. Jansen Junk at Seattle versus Boston. Mm. Vince Velasquez at Colorado versus Cincinnati. Jose Urena versus Pittsburgh at Philly. And lastly, Alex Corn on the Cobb at Miami versus the Mets. Those are your take of seats. And Doc, I open the floor to you. What do we got? I mean, half that list is Jansen Junk right there. I, I I don't know if Kyle Freeland should be in the take a seat. I think that's risky business. Yeah, I agree. He's earned at least to be bumped up a take. Like he's he's gotten a chance to sit at the cool kids table for even a little bit. You got to give him his flowers. Before. Well, and he he really did well in the World Baseball Classic as well. So he's building off that. But we've seen that before. I mean, he's been one of the ERA leaders, and then he the next year he's one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But we're basing it off this year, Martin, and this year. All right, Doc. Take us, take, some love. take us through the players you're taking into the doctor's office. All right. Well, going through my pitchers last week, as I look at my card here, 3-0 and with my recommendations. All got the win. 4.47 ERA below my Those are huge glasses. Where did you get those? Uh, they are fashion glasses. Did, please do not tell me you wear those out in public. Absolutely not. And they okay. are not fashion glasses. They're ones we got at the expo. 1.31 whip with 11 Ks in 16.1 innings. That's good. Starting with this week, Golden Graham Ashcraft owned in 28.4% of ESPN League's 13 Ks in the 13 innings he's thrown in two starts, went six and seven. Phillies are one and five on the road with 18 runs scored. They are assumed to be one and six when they lose in Cincinnati tonight. Two of his Pitches, the cutter with a 136 BA, slider with 150 batting average against, and his fastball in the 91st percentile at 97 miles per hour. Golden Graham Ashcraft, fire him up. Now, I can't believe Hunter Brown is only owned in 33.1% of the ESPN leagues. But that just shows ESPN for some reason. Maybe these are some 8 or 10 team leagues that you need to stream. But he has at least 5Ks in both outings, and right now the Rangers are striking out 26% of the time First right-handed pitchers, 200 batting average, or opponent's batting average, a 1.11 whip. He's not given up many walks. Zero home runs so far in the year. The Rangers are one and two, small sample size, but they did just lose Corey Seager. And the first game without him, they only scored one run versus the Royals. And the last one, we talked about him, Bryce Elder, owned in 30.8% of ESPN leagues. Faces the Royals this weekend, who've scored 44 runs, which is third lowest in the major leagues. 13-4, to K to walk in two starts, which is a big improvement from the 3.83 walks per nine we saw last season. And the one thing, Bryce Elder did play and then got demoted last year. You have to think about the pitcher psyche. He's sticking in the, he's sticking in the rotation with all the injuries. So feel like he can pitch a little bit more relaxed. But let's uh let's go another three and zero, oh. David. Let's sweep. Let's bring out the brooms. Let's go plus units. 
All right. I like it. Marty, your last segment, Marty's party to tell the people who is invited to your extravaganza. All righty. And this time we're going to pick two of two of these players are going to be invited to the party. You know, one of my best friends, he had to drop out um, his, his mom and dad came home early from vacation and he's not allowed to play. So we have two spots open here for Marty's party. These are going to be weekend streamer hitting streamers for this weekend coming up here which is for you guys listening in your cars or in your iPod, um, on your iPhone, that is April 14th through the 16th. So starting with Austin Hayes, three games at the White Sox. He is 42% rostered on Yahoo. Over 50 plate appearances, he has thirty. Uh, he has three home runs, six RBIs, and he's slashing 340, 380, and a 638. He's in the 97th percentile in X-Lug, the 94th percentile in barrel percentage, and in the 92nd percentile in ex-Woba, he's crushing the ball. The White Sox have a team ERA of 5.79, and he's either leading off or batting fifth. So he should be uh, good for plenty of a struggling team. Uh, number two is Jared Kelnick. We've already gone over him enough. Three games versus Colorado. He's still only 65% rostered, and Colorado's team, team ERA is 5.26. And then number three, Jake Freely, three games at home. So in the great American small park, 30% roster. He's batting 333 with a home run and two stolen bases. Sneaky little bit of speed there. And he's batting every day third in the lineup. So Austin Hayes, three games at the White Sox. Jerry Kelnick, three games versus Colorado. Jake Freely, three games at home, which is in Cincinnati. I'm going to start with you, Doc. Two of the three, who, who are you taking? I'm thinking about what you said preseason when Art said he liked Jake Freely. And you said he can't hit lefties. So you would be a hypocrite if you invited him to the party. I would, you know what? Do me a favor. I want you to, because you're good at this. I want you to find that clip and please send it to me at your <laughs> earliest convenience. Okay. Can he? I don't know if he can. Okay. Uh, so Noda Fraley, David, who you got? Who, who's not, who's not, who's not invited? I'm not taking Fraley. Austin Hayes hit fifth today for the Orioles. So they're, they took him out. I mean, they, they're putting him in good spots. He was hitting lead off today. He was in the fifth spot. Um, so he's, and he's been on fire. I think he has like what, three or four home runs on the season already. Um, yeah, three. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't not play him now. And Jared Kelnick against Colorado, um, definitely intrigues me. Colorado doesn't have good pitching. Kelnick's hot. Those would be the, the two I would feel very comfortable putting in my lineup. And Art, who do you got? Uh, I think, hmm. I yeah, make it a sweep. Uh, Kelnick's hotter than Fraley right now, so make it a sweep. From Fraley's the drop. And I wish I could say something different, but also, Jay Freely, you are not invited to the party. <laughs> One because I thought your name was spelled differently before I did the slide, and luckily I updated it because I blew it with Zach Heflin last week. But you're right; you can't hit lefties. The dude sucks. You're not invited, dude. Go home. That was hilarious last week when you uh, <laughs> didn't spell Zach Eflin. You know what? And Marty did that. His first order's last name. It's, it's Marty's curse. If Marty misspells your name, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be crazy? It'd be like the kiss of death. Intentionally spell one person's name wrong next week, and let's see if it's a trick. What if you put like your name on the doc? I said it put like E-R-I-K, and just to see if like you're at the gym and you're like, oh, I hurt my elbow. <laughs> I sprained my ankle walking down the steps. Yeah, it's like like black magic stuff going on. Uh, Last segment of the night is going to be going 
down looking at bullpens, heading down to the bullpen with a little cheesecake mm-hmm. as he's looking in some relief pitchers and the things you should know going on down there. So cheesecake, give us the report. Yeah, I got some relief pitchers. I want to also do a little, a uh, little down on the farm. Mm. I wanted to talk about, cause we do was brought up Von Grissom likely coming up. I'm not sure if that's been made official. Grissom raking down in the minor leagues. Uh, I'd add him if he's available in your league. Um, uh, a couple pitchers uh, looking pretty good. Ricky Tiedemann's first start of the season struck out nine in three innings, uh, gave up two hits. And with the, with the Blue Jays staff, uh, it's possible we could see Tiedemann up there. I'd keep, keep an eye on him. Same with uh, Tanner Bybee uh, for the Guardians. Keep an eye on him as a potential call-up soon. He's, he pitched really well. Kyle Manzardo with the Rays uh, AAA team raking to start the season and uh, Brett Beatty also raking. And we know that uh, Eduardo Escobar is not. So uh, there's a, lo- a big movement on Mets Twitter to br- call up Brett Beatty. So uh, mm-hmm. they, he might be worth a spec ad soon. So there's a little down on the farm down there, but uh, bullpens. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring up a few people in particular. Jose Quijada got another save. It seems pretty clear that the angels are not pitching Estevez on back-to-back days. And Quijada has gotten two of the three saves that the angels have had. So, um, so I would, I think he's possibly, I would keep an eye on him for the weekend. He's possibly the top reliever ad that I see going into this weekend. So see how many, uh, opportunities he gets. Nick Anderson also got a save for the Braves. Uh, however, he, I think, got the save because, one, there weren't any tough left-handers coming up, and A.J. Minter had pitched the day before. So I think that was why he got the save. But I do think that Anderson is the uh, handcuff to Minter, and he's going to be that um, that pitcher who gets the save when they don't want to pitch Minter too many days in a row. Uh, CJ Edwards got a save over, over the last week, but it was a two inning save and it looks like Finnegan has settled down a little bit, uh, has not given up a run in his last three appearances. So, uh, he has, he also got a save too. So it looks like Finnegan is keeping that job for now. Aroldis looking great. If he's mm-hmm. available, get Aroldis Chapman. Barlow just got blown up yesterday. Uh, uh, blew a save, gave up three runs to lose the game. I think yesterday or two days ago. Roldis looking great, throwing 102. Someone I'd be keeping an eye on if he's available in your league. He's not available in that many, but he's someone you got to look. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, Ian Jabot. I'm not sure how to say his name. He's a Reds reliever. He got a save this week. I think you can disregard this. Uh, uh, Alexis Diaz had uh, not pitched for a long time and pitched on the eighth and gave up three runs on the ninth. Jabot got a save. I don't think there's anything to, I think it's, it's Diaz's job. I don't think Jabot has the job. Um, Adovino, another one of these, uh, he got a save this past week, but Robertson pitched the tough part of that game. He pitched to, uh, to Soto in the, with two outs in the seventh with two men on when they were up by two. So they brought him in, in the highest level situation. It looks like that's going to be Robertson's, uh, position, the highest leverage, uh, reliever. But I still think that Adovino is only going to be getting these sort of um, these sort of saves where there's uh, where Robertson has to come in earlier, like he did. Um, as far as so 
to sum up, I think Quijada's the guy I'm looking at. I want to see how Quijada does. And I want to see if Anderson gets more opportunities this weekend. All right. Thanks for Cheesecake for going down and taking our report down there in the bullpen and on the farm. Uh, that's going to wrap us up for this episode, though. So thank everybody for tuning in. If you guys are enjoying the content and you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you guys like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And make sure you leave a comment just as much as you're enjoying the show. If there's any future recommendations of segments or things that you're enjoying, just let us know there. If you guys have not joined the Triple Play Fantasy Discord, we're posting the link on Twitter weekly that you can check out. It also should be in the video description. We have... Uh, like almost 200 people in the discord now. So it is really making people money, man, left and right. Uh, Last few days, last few days have been a little cold, but, Ah. but it's, uh, it's fun. We have talk betting. We talk fantasy baseball and all the other fantasy sports as well. So it's, it's good in there. And then you guys are on the podcast feed. Uh, keep doing it. Keep listening there. Every single week, the episode will be out there for you and ratings and reviews always help us out there. But for, a little cheesecake for Marty Party for Doc. I'm D. Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.